Hello and welcome back to the OK Gatsby. It is season, season four. Vibe and, and read with <laughs> Vibe and read with us. <laughs> season four. Vibe, vibe and, read and read with, with us. us. We agreed on this. I just forgot. I was gonna go with. So it's vi- we're reading Pride and Prejudice, and I was gonna go with Vibe and read with us. Yeah, vibe, vibe and, and read, read with, with us. us. Yeah, vibe and read with us. <laughs> you know, like Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, it's like the Prejudice? same. Prejudice? Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice? Pride <laughs> Pri- <laughs> Pri- <laughs> Pri- and Preed. Prejudice? <laughs> prejudice? Um, yeah, we can't use chill. We use chill in another season. So we're, we're doing Pride, Vibe, and Read with us. Because we want you to read with us yes. and vibe with us. Yes, that's what we would like. What a journey. That's our life's goal. Like, the mom's goal is to get her daughters married. We just want people to vibe and read with us. Yeah, right. If I if if <laughs> if all my vibes were read with, <laughs> I would be I would die I would die happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um Kevin, you were the one who decided to read this book. Yeah, I uh I I've never read this book. Me neither. That was a part of it. Yeah, this that is, was a big this thing. This is the first. We it's been a, it's been a reread for both of us. Uh, for every season, one of us has been rereading it. This season, it's a fresh, fresh. We never, never read this. White snow. Don't don't know the plot. All we know is from Family Guy references. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I figured we've been uh, kind of dancing around. We did the, uh, the obviously the Great Gatsby because it's like that's what we kind of bonded over. Is yeah, that, is that love of that book, and then we went to post-war lit with Catcher in the Rhyme. And then Post we did uh, civil rights literature uh, with Harper and Southern literature. So we've done did two New York books. Then we did a Southern book southern from book. someone who lived in New York and then went back to the South. <laughs> <laughs> New York's the best. <laughs> uh, and then I figure we'll do a, an even older, older book uh, just to mix it up. And it's one I, I hadn't read and I've been very curious about. Yeah. So this is, a cl- this is the oldest book we've read by uh, about 100 years, right? Yes. More, it's published 1797. Dang, yeah. Uh, so 140 years at least. No, 130 years. Because Gatsby was like... 24, I believe. 1924? Yeah. Because it was before the crash. It was yes. like... And none of, and it's, and you, you got this anonymous sense about all the parties, but then it was just like, oh, someone could drunk drive. It wasn't like, it's all going to end in a, in a terrible uh, yeah, all stock these people market crash. All lives are going to be ruined. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I... This this podcast is very good for giving myself homework and making me read. <laughs> yeah, you gotta read. I, this, yeah, well, it's like classics. You know, like this is a classic. You're supposed to have read Pride and yes. Prejudice, and it's kind of absurd that I haven't. And I haven't read anything by Jane Austen or any girl book ever. I've never read a girl <laughs> book. <laughs> that too is honestly part of the motivation. Is like, let's read a girl book. <laughs> What are uh, these ladies reading? <laughs> with love and with compassion. But uh, yeah, like uh, my stupid male brain uh, labeled this a girl book from day one uh, of my life. Because it's interesting where it's like, because um, I feel like in my head this kind of inspired a, a genre of 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 like the romance genre. This, in my head it's like yeah. she's the, the first and she did it. She's celebrated so she must be pretty good. Right. But it, uh, what is kind of seen as a, from my perspective as a me- that's just a jerk <laughs> is that it's a silly genre for like plots that are contrived and everything right. like that. 
Right. Well, like you're right. Like it seems like yeah the uh, the parlor the parlor romance. You yes. Know, the uh, the ballroom. There's a million the million movies that I was like I couldn't I can't be- I couldn't believe how boring they were. Mm-hmm. Like movies that ha- have this kind of thing in it. Like I was like I can't even believe this is a movie. I can't believe like ever being 12 years old and being like how are you guys watching Pride and Prejudice? Like yes. how how is this happening? Like how what is the appeal here? How did this get made? How like who <laughs> Nothing's gonna explode the whole time. Are you, oh you you're telling me? No one's gonna play football. <laughs> why isn't? Why don't they just kill Mr. Darcy? Or yeah. why don't they just kill him. He's being a jerk. No one is trying to uh, amass a criminal empire. What the heck? <laughs> oh man, Batman is gonna destroy this party. You know. Yeah. And what's yeah. funny because it's like Catcher in the Rye also inspired a genre of like the teen navel gazy novel. Yeah. Yeah. Which has a bunch of crap in it, like you're yeah. saying. Like it's like you know, sure, it, inspi- it inspired crap, and so you think maybe it's not good, but no, the original, like, no, nope. is, is I love it. Yeah. So it wanted to treat a uh, an icon of literature with some respect and at least due diligence. Uh, so that's what I thought we'd tackle this season. I'm in. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's like, uh, and yeah, it turns out it, like it is fun. Uh, it is quick. It is like funny and witty. And uh, the characters are, you know, like, all those things are there, like the uptightness, the importance on social graces and, and, and politeness and manners and status, all those things that, that I associated with, the, with this genre, they're there. But there's also a layer of irony, a layer of, of just like contempt a little bit. Yeah, they're being <laughs> questioned, they're being satirized. I liked all that. Uh, and I'm hoping to see more of that. Uh, at, yeah, at points in these first five chapters, we have the first five chapters today. At points, I was like, "How much of this is gonna be torn apart?" Like, I know we're we're setting it up. Yes, it's from the beginning. It, the iconic first line of it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Right. So right there, we have these two things that are going to be discussed a bunch, which are uh, marriage and good money. fortune. Yeah, yeah money. having a lot of money and wanting to be. Uh, Married, right? Which is like this is a, this is a through line through like basically every every page is not without a mention of who someone's married to or how much money they have. Yes, <laughs> every that, single page. That is every single person's. It's like a baseball card. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, before you see how nice they are or whatever, like what they've done, you're seeing how much money they make a year and who they're married to, or if they're looking for a wife or whatever. And a lot of uh, well, as we go through it, a lot of like character, like you. Very rarely see someone do anything, but you often hear about everyone's opinion of what someone did or just them in general. That was yeah, that was something that I thought. Uh, I was like, everyone's saying Bingley's nice. Let's see him do one nice thing. Same with Darcy. I was like, he sounds like a jerk. Bad and reputation and uh, but bad manners. I'm like, how about it's like more tell than show. Mm-hmm. Like they just say, but the opinion is very important. Your your opinion, your reputation, yes. reputation is important. Yes, it's a very gossipy town. Yeah, and you want to be gossiped about well. North. Fr- they literally. North there's Fr- a chapter we'll read where it's like they all after the dance, everyone comes over and they talk about the dance. They like, rehash. Yeah. <laughs> everyone that was at the dance comes together and talks about <laughs> what happened at the dance. <laughs> they need to form the public opinion of the dance. So yes. That's what they're doing. They're, it's like it's not enough to have gone to the dance. We need to know what everyone thinks about the dance. Yes. So I think we can. Are you ready to get cracking? Jump in, Kev. Pilot, right. pilot us through the first chapter here. So we got that famous first line, uh, which 
immediately sounds very sarcastic that a truth universally acknowledged of like no like there's no truth universally, universally acknowledged, acknowledged but that the only true thing in the world is that if a man has a lot of money he wants a wife and it's its own paragraph it's a, a one sentence paragraph which i love those i love that means like the author thinks this is so important it should be by itself this is the beginning middle and end of this thought it's not even indented yeah it, it might as well be like it is in mine sorry oh yeah yeah oh, sorry dang. sorry to bust it up dang but the it in mine is is capitalized. I N T capitalized. Yes. It. It. Anyway. And then the second paragraph is like the first joke. Of, However, little known the feelings or views of such a man may be on his first entering a neighborhood, this truth is so well fixed in the minds of the surrounding families that he is considered as a rightful property of some one or other of their daughters. <laughs> so maybe it's like a man moves in. Every every family's like he's gonna marry her. <laughs> he's getting married to somebody. The question is who. But it's like yes. he he will marry one of us. It's like the bachelor. Yes. Yeah. It's literally if the a single bachelor. man with money moves to town, it's like well, get out the roses. Let's get started. Yeah. Get the, the games roses. have begun. Yes. Uh, and now we meet. First thing we meet is the the a married couple of Bennett named Bennett, uh, Mister and Mrs. Bennett. And we were talking about this. Uh, Mr. Bennett is like one of the, like, it's just a classic sitcom dad. Mr. Bennett, yeah, get, get, a, get a, you're going to like him. He's a, he's a funny, quirky, uh, sarcastic dad. Yes, very sarcastic dad. He is uh, one man. He has a wife and five daughters. Yeah, so it turns out this is going to be like, they're the couple that is the main family of the story so far. So um, far, yeah, what will we see? Yeah, two of the main characters are the daughters and then the, the other daughters. There's five daughters? Five daughters. Five daughters, and the other three are kind of like background, or like you know, only two, three of them are named. I feel like, uh, yeah, right? you very. St- right. I, I could not put together the names yeah. right now. So I know there's Jane Liz- Elizabeth, who's, who I know from just reputation as yeah. important. Uh, Lydia is the tallest. <laughs> oh, the tall one. <laughs> yes, the youngest, but the tallest. Uh, so that's why you like her. <laughs> and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Mary uh, uh, reads a lot. Yes, Mary reads a lot. Uh, so that's what we get so far. There's the something about Mary, and it is that she reads, reads a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the first we get is the first characters we're introduced is Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, uh, and the first thing they talk about is a new man has moved to town. Right. So they are illustrating the axiom that was previously stated. They're like, we are going to be this thing yes so they talk about hey the house that's been up for sale has just been bought by this mr bingley fellow and apparently he makes a lot of money and is single uh so yeah wow great mr long says another field was taken by a young man of large fortune from the north of england that he came down on a monday in a chase and four to see the place and was so much delighted with it he agreed with mr morris immediately so like all right this is very exciting news a single man who has enough money to buy this house yeah He's in town. He's here. Uh, oh, single, my dear, to be sure. A single man of large fortune, four or five thousand a year. What a fine thing for our girls. Uh, to which Mr. Bennett responds, how so? How can it affect them? Okay, so, yeah. I didn't even realize that that's super sarcastic. Yes. How so? In what way? What, what are you talking it's about? It's this guy's money. How would our daughters ever get half of it? <laughs> He refuses to play. He's, he has five daughters. He's been married to his wife for 25, right. 30 years. And right. it's like, at no point will he ever play along with her. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she even says, my dear Mr. Bennett, how can you be so tiresome? You must know that I am thinking of his marrying one of them. 
And then he's like, is that his design? Oh, yeah. Is that why he moved? He, did he move here? <laughs> he moved here to marry our daughters? To marry one of our five daughters? Uh, Nonsense. How can you talk so? But it is very likely that he may he may fall in love with one of them. And therefore, you must visit him as soon as he comes. So this is the role that he has to play. Is that his wife is pushing him along to say, please go visit this guy. Yeah. So he feels like he can visit and he'll meet our daughters. But you, we can't just go over there. That's way too forward. Yeah. Like, we can't have the da- girls come stop by. Right. So this, I haven't even turn, turned the page yet. And already we're talking about it's, it's about manners, it's about marriage, and it's about money. The three M's, as I yes. always say. <laughs> uh, From the beginning, we've talked about I've the three planned, M's. I have it on the chalkboard here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, it's about social status. It's about about fortune and it's about getting those things through marriage the game of seduction yes uh, and a big part of the game is getting your dad to meet your the guy dad first. has got to be involved that's <laughs> <laughs> how it works in new york too <laughs> exactly you want uh, a woman wants to meet you she has her dad come over <laughs> i meet a lot of dads these days and he's like yeah. what's up pal how you doing you want to come by my house uh, no paid. not not really a <laughs> uh I kind of like chilling with my boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I could be your boy. <laughs> you know, I'm a 25-year-older ma- man. O- older, I don't know how to say anymore. <laughs> I'm out of practice. End you know? of riff. End of riff. Riff's over. Riffed it out. <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> These readers over my shoulder. Are we readers or riffers, Kev? You know, that's the question. Yeah. The answer? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Am I right? Madness, genius, what's the difference? <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, so he's not playing the game at all. He's right. like, why don't you go? Why don't you? And he knows that that can't happen. Right. And then she hits him with, uh, you know, you know, when your wife hits you with this, you take delight in vexing me. <laughs> <laughs> you have no compassion in my partner. <laughs> uh, they have, they have clearly have like this, they have a classic like duo act. They're doing, they're always yes. doing this. Where they're he, always bickering. She's bothering him about doing something. He pretends he doesn't understand what the hell she wants. Doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, he it is so funny. Uh, and then, let's see. There's a great line where he talks about. Uh, he goes, "You are over scrupulous, surely. I dare say, Mister Bingley will be very glad to see you, and I will send a few lines by you to assure him of my hearty consent to his marrying, whichever he chooses the girls. Though I must throw in a good word for my little Lizzie." And then, so he's he already picks a favorite. His favorite's Lizzie. We're on the second page, and we know his favorite daughter. And then the the wife says, I desire you will do no such thing. Lizzie is not a bit better than the others, and I'm sure she is not half so handsome as Jane, nor half so good-humored as Lydia, but you are always giving her the preference. And he says about his own daughters, they have none of them much to recommend them. They are all silly and ignorant like other girls, but Lizzie has something more of a quickness than her sisters. Wow. So we're seeing Lizzie's probably the main character. Lizzie's probably the main character, has the affection of her father. But has the criticism of her mother. So her mother values her her daughter's prettiness. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, not so ha- half as handsome and not so good humored. So she likes charming charm and beauty. And beauty. Good humor. And yeah. so Lizzie does not have at least superlatively that compared to her daughter. And Jane is prettier. Uh, and that, that is borne out by the society later who deems Jane prettier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll see that. But unfortunately. Lizzie is her father's girl. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they established she's vexing him. He likes to vex her. Yada yada. Uh, Mr. Bennett gets a a nice description here from the author. Uh, 
that I love. Mr. Bennett was so odd a mixture of quick parts, sarcastic humor, reserve, and caprice that the experience of three and twenty years had been insufficient to make his wife understand his character. <laughs> his wife does not know him at all. I love that. Like he's so sarcastic and witty and uh, capricious. Yes, and so removed that it's like yeah. his own wife has no idea what's he going on. Might as on, well not be there, which is great. <laughs> Mr. Bennett is every man in my family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and probably yours. Yes. And so he's a v- almost modern character of like this yeah. so funny and removed and sarcastic yeah. guy that like his own wife can't get close to him. Yeah. And it's fu- and, and he's going to be relating to his daughter's struggle. He's kind of like the he could be like the Greek chorus or something. He's commenting and from a removed position about what they're going through and what they're doing. Yes. Um, so he could be like the con. He's not. The, he's not the conscience, but he's kind of like maybe a reader surrogate. Something I don't know. Elise is the there to express in sarcastic terms the silliness of the game that yes. has to be played. Right. And so already we're getting the thing that's like not only is it going to be presented, it's going to be questioned. They're yes. going to they're going to question the this. There's this a games. character who thinks it all it all is so exhausting and silly. Um, and then there's the character who knows the game so well and just wants to see success for her daughters. Right. Mrs. Mrs. Bennett. loves the game and wants her daughters to win. And Mr. Uh, thinks the game is ridiculous and he hopes his daughter Lizzie wins. Right. <laughs> and the first chapter ends with like that characterization of Mrs. Bennett. You know, like when she was discontented, discontented, she fancied herself nervous. The business of her life was to get her daughters married. Its solace was visiting and news. Yes. So, so she's described as a mean, a woman of mean understanding, little information, and uncertain temper, <laughs> which is a pretty brutal reading. Yeah, for right, it's a, it's a uh, God mean understanding. Yeah, it's sex. It sounds like you know. So sexist. this is what we talked about a little bit before about what is the author trying to say? Yeah, like it's because clearly it goes along that Lizzie is the favored character, both of this father character who gets all the best lines. Yeah. Um, and also, just cause she, Lizzie gets to be, you get the most thoughts from Lizzie. Um, but, like, what is Jane Austen trying Because right now, that's like a really harsh r- review of a, like a woman. I get, like, it's obviously very critical of the like, whole marriage game in general, but, like, it seems also, at least that line in specific, specific very critical of a type of woman. Oh, it sounds, yeah, no, it's like, I, it sounds sexist. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds, a mean understanding, little information, and uncertain, temp- uncertain temper. So, like, first of all, she, yeah, she's, Stupid. She doesn't get a lot of stuff, and she has a temper. Yeah, she could, she's, she's moody. moody. Yeah, she's moody. Okay, she's moody and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, like, what are you gonna do? Because you know, Jane Austen is making this character stand to represent all the stuff, all the someone social, that supports all these social the three M's. Yeah, three M's as, as discussed. As discussed, as the discussed. classic three M's. It was in the handout. <laughs> <laughs> what if I give Kev a handout every time? <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, I won't. I don't. Yeah. I don't do that kind of thing. All right. Um, so at, what's funny is the next line is Mr. Bennett was among the earliest of those who waited on Mr. Bingley. Yeah, we're already in chapter two. Yeah, so right away, it's like that was all talk. That was all yes. just, he was just trying to vex her. Yes, he does like to vex his yeah. wife. Men be vexing. Men be vexing their wives. <laughs> <laughs> they love to do it. Women hate to be vexed. These women hate to be vexed, but they get vexed. They like they like to be vexed a little bit. They, they like say they don't, <laughs> but they like to be vexed. <laughs> Ladies, you love to be vexed. They get vexed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Quick chapters too. We're gonna do five chapters today. It lo- it's like uh, the potato chip 
effect of it's like a James Patterson novel. You yeah, know? Jane Austen and James Patterson might as well be the same writer. <laughs> I wish I knew more about James Patterson right now. He writes very uh, uh, high action, high octane books with nice. one page chapters. Nice, and you turn the page. Yeah, I mean it's great. It's like then you ha- yeah, I'll do one more, one more, one more, oh, one, one more chapter. One more. And all of a sudden, I'm three novels in. Uh oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mr. Bennett, yeah, he was just playing. He knows he knows the game, and he, he's happy to help his daughters. So much so that he goes over there earlier than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, he was among the first. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then he goes back, comes back, and this whole chapter is him slowly torturing his wife and daughters. Right. So he d- he do- does the same the same act with his daughters, where it's like they want this one thing, and he's gonna act like a doofus who does not know why what that they thing possibly is. want that, right. or that he would ever deign to do it. He's teasing them. And then the whole time in his back pocket, he's, he's already it. been over. He's there. already been over there, and it even got me because I was like, because I because Jane Austen, I took her for granted as somebody who was being more straightforward than she was. Mm-hmm. So it said it said Mr. Bennett was one of the first people to to visit Mr. Bingley, and then I'm like, why is he acting like he hasn't been there? And I'm like, <laughs> I've read something wrong. I almost went over and asked you. I was like, why? I don't get it. And then uh, by the end of the chapter, he reveals that he's been there. Uh, very funny in a yes. very funny way. Yeah, so Mrs. Bennett is distraught this whole chapter because she's like, we're never going to win this game for this man's affection. Yeah, yeah. You've cursed me to <laughs> to lose out on my daughter's love. Right, she's still sulking about this first thing that they that he's like, that about. She believes that he's not going to go over there. Yeah. She says a really funny burn on uh, Mrs. Long. Uh, she goes, uh, so apparently Mrs. Long is a neighbor that, has already met Bingley. I do not believe Mrs. Long will do any such, because Mrs. Long is having a party, I guess. Uh, I do not believe, and, and that Mrs. Long would introduce them at the party. Right. And she's like, no, she's not. She wants her daughters married. She's got two nieces of her yeah. own. She's a selfish, hypocritical woman, and I have no opinion. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I missed that. That's so funny. A lot of one-liners, and like, that's, so far I'm very, I'm loving how many one-liners there are in she's this. She's a selfish, hypocritical woman, woman and, I and I have no, no opinion, opinion of her. her. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Ren is like, no more have I, and I'm glad to find that you not depend on her serving you. So he's like playing the game of like, yeah, we won't. All right, if you don't like Mrs. Long, we won't. We won't rely on Mrs. Long. And it's like, well, of course, yeah. Well, like uh, what they're discussing, you know, depending on Mrs. Long to serve them by introducing, but it's not going to happen. And so, and Mrs. Bennett's so mad and doesn't know where to put it. She there's a really funny joke here where she yells at a daughter, "Don't keep coughing, so kitty, for heaven's sake. Have a little compassion on my nerves. You tear them to pieces." And then the the dad says, "Kitty has no discretion in her coughs. She times them ill." <laughs> <laughs> I do not cough for my own amusement," <laughs> replies Kitty fretfully. So Kitty is the one who coughs. Yes, Kitty coughs. Kitty coughs. Uh, and then when is your next ball to be tomorrow? So there's a big dance tomorrow. They're discussing the ball. I so it is. So they're Mrs. Bennett's destroyed because they're gonna go to this dance not having met Bingley, and so they're not gonna have any advantage over the other women. Right. He's gonna be yeah. He's gonna be talking to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Not, well, like oh my old friends, the Bennetts. That's right. what she wants. Right. But instead, she's gonna go in blind. Right. And they're discussing like I would like to. Uh, um, Lizzie wants to introduce Mr. Bingley to her friend, to the, Miss, the Mrs. Long's. Uh, I think it's the Lucas's right? daughter. Lucas's, yes. yes. Mr. Long does not come back to. There's a gr- really funny line. He also rips on Mary, the book reader, where we meet her. <laughs> um, 
I cannot. So, so Mrs. Bennet says something, and then he goes, "Do you consider the forms of introduction and the stress that is laid on them as nonsense?" I cannot quite agree with you there. What say you, Mary? For you are a young lady of deep reflection, I know, and read great books and make extracts. And then it says, "Mary wished to say something very sensible, but knew not how." And he goes, "Well, Mary's adjusting her ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Let us return to Mister Bingley." <laughs> He's like, "Anything to say, Mary? You read all those darn books." <laughs> And she's like, uh, 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 he's like, nothing. nothing? That's what I thought. All right. <laughs> By the way, there's another example of, uh, or the the narrator will tend to read characters' thoughts. The mm-hmm. char- narrator's omniscient and knows everyone's thoughts, and uh, you're going to see that different points of view. And sometimes there's a blur between, like, is it a narrator saying this or is it a character right. saying this? Right. She, uh, <clears throat> she plays with that. With a, yeah, the thoughts and the narration can be blurred for sure. And here is the big reveal. I am sick of Mr. Bingley, cried his wife. So she's like, we can't talk about him anymore. I'm so distraught over this. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry to hear that, but why did you not tell me so before? If I had known as much this morning, I certainly would not have called on him. It is very unlucky, but as, as I have actually paid the visit, we cannot escape the acquaintance <gasps> now. <laughs> Classic dad reveal. She waited. He waited until she was completely upset that she was like, let's not talk about it at all anymore. Yes. He loves to vex her. He, he does. He loves, loves vexing. God, he loves it. <laughs> um, so, but then she totally flips. It's kind of nice. How good it was in you, my dear Mr. Bennett. But I knew I should persuade you at last. I was sure you loved your girls too well to neglect such an, such an acquaintance. Well, how pleased I am. And it's such a good joke, too, that you should have gone this morning and never said a word about it until now. <laughs> He's like, I was in on the joke. I <laughs> like the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke. Now that I'm happy with the results. And then he says, now, Kitty, you may cough as you choose. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left the room fatigued with the raptures of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's Mr. Great. Bennett. Yeah, he gets all the good lines. He seems like the smartest, grounded guy. Unfortunately, the, he's a man. He's, yes. the, he's the one male character we know so far. And we love and him. And we love him. Sorry. <laughs> More Mr. Bennett. This should be a book about Mr. Bennett just being chill. Pride <laughs> <laughs> in Mr. Bennett. How about that? And then uh, this is my favorite. The mother, the mother thinks so highly of herself, and it's so funny. Like she always takes an opportunity to get some glory. But she goes, "What an excellent father you have, girls! I do not ha- know how you will ever make him amends for his kindness, or me either, for that matter." <laughs> <laughs> At our time of our life, it is not so pleasant, I can tell you, to be making new acquaintance every day. But for your sakes, we would do anything. She loves this. This is like her only work in life. It's the only thing she's ever talked about the yes. whole time. Yeah, we're, the whole time we know her. She's like, we got to meet all these young men for you, and I got to do all these social maneuvers. Like, it's it's some burden to her. I don't like the idea that, yeah, but we don't like making new friends because we're old people. Yes. But we do it for you. Yes. And then we meet Lydia, whose qualities are she's youngest and tallest. She's tall. She is tall. That's for sure. And then they talked about Mr. Bingley the rest of the day. And then chapter three. Ball uh, in. We're going to the ball. Ball. Uh, to the window. To the ball. So the dad <laughs> refuses. <you>. His <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that one. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so the dad refuses to acknowledge any, give him any information about him, like any opinion of like, I've just met him. He knows your guys' names. Like, congrats. Yeah, more And of they're that. like, please tell us anything. And he's yeah. Like, no. He likes the Vex. He does. He's doing it again. Back at it. Um, 
and then they get some gossip about him. So this is like a big part of the book is you always get gossip before you actually get any direct relation information from the uh, the narrator. Right. The the reputation of the character is more important than anything the character does or says. Yes. And the narrator knows all the gossip. Yes. Her report was highly favorable. He was quite young, wonderfully handsome, extremely agreeable, and to crown the whole, he meant to be at the next assembly with a large party. Nothing could be more delightful! Exclamation <laughs> point. To be fond of dancing was a certain step towards falling in love. That's my plan. <laughs> that's good. That's a tattoo on Kevin's chest. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin loves to dance for the re- listener. If I uh, so, and then Miss Bennett says her big plan. If I can see, but if I can but see one of my daughters happily settled at Netherfield, Bingley's house, Bingley's house, and all the others equally well married, I shall have nothing to wish for. So that's what she wants out of life. Which is like, we already know that. Yes. We clearly, yeah, that's, we get it. Her desires are not complex. <clears throat> right. And Bingley comes to visit. He, the dad doesn't even let him meet the women. They they have to look at him from a window. <laughs> uh, but Ed, the narrator gives us information that he's heard of the reputation that these daughters are very pretty. Right. And he wanted to meet them. And he wanted to meet them. Yes, yeah, so we're getting more thoughts there. Uh, then the ladies were somewhat more fortunate, for they had the advantage of ascertaining from an upper window that he wore a blue coat and rode a black horse. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Like, like uh, that's like it's it's sort of the narrator's, narrator's kind of indicating how much they're gonna make out of how little they're having. You know, yes. like well, we do know this: blue coat, black, black horse. horse. <laughs> you can see like I was like a corkboard, yes. blue coat and black <laughs> horse, and like a red string. Like okay. And equals and then a question mark. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It could be anything. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. So then he comes to dinner. What's go- yeah? He so he gets invited to dinner, but he has to go to London, and it's a crisis. The mo- the the mo- the mother's so worried that like, right. oh no, is he going to be one of those guys that's in and out of town and like we'll never see him? That's not a good husband. Right. Is he a London guy or does he live here? Uh, but it turns out he was just going to London to pick up his sisters. Good. So they're coming to the ball. Oh, yes, so it can, uh, the party was Mr. Bingley, his two sisters, the husband of the eldest, and another young man. So that's the five people that are going to be at this ball. That right. Everyone else is a, a townie that knows each other. Exactly. There's five new people. And then now we get an, uh, a, the, narr- the narrator's view of, of Bingley. Uh, a good-looking and gentleman-like, he had a pleasant countenance and easy, unaffected manners. His sisters were fine women with an air of decided fashion. And then we meet the other people. His brother-in-law, Mr. Hearst, merely looked the gentleman, but his friend, Mr. Darcy, soon drew the attention of the room by his fine, tall person, handsome features, noble mane. Uh, and the report, w- which was in general circulation within five minutes after his entrance, of his having 10000 a year. <laughs> so, yeah, here it is, the stats. So he shows up. They find out very quickly how much money he has. Yes. And everyone knows. <laughs> uh, so, and I also I looked it up. That's about two hundred k a year. That's a lot. Yeah. 200, 200K pounds? 200K pounds a year. Yeah. So I don't know why that would be in dollars. It's better than dollars. Yeah. Uh, right now. So this is a ri- so this is like an, an upper professional type. And B- Bingley makes 5K, which is about 100K. So that these are like, that's like upper middle class yeah. in- income. Uh, let's see here. But pretty soon, Mr. Bingley's beloved... And Mr. Darcy makes a very bad impression. Right. So that's we get that right away. Mr. Darcy is rude. Um, 
So yeah, Bingley's behavior, he dances with everyone in the room. He was mad that the dance ended. He's like, oh, no, I wanted to keep dancing. He loves to dance. He's a super charmer. Yeah. Like, he is designed to be pleasing in this world. And he wants Uh, to give his own ball at his place. Yes. And what a contrast between him and his friend, exclamation point. And here's the the rub on Darcy. Darcy danced only once with Mrs. Hurst, so his uh, buddy's sister, who's a married woman. Right, he already knows. And once with Miss Bingley, his buddy's sister. Right. Declined being introduced to any other lady, so he refused to meet anyone. Yeah. And spent the rest of the evening in walking about the room, speaking occasionally to one of his own party. So he didn't meet anyone? No. Yeah. He just walked around the room and didn't talk to a single person. His character was decided he was the proudest, most disagreeable man in the world, (laughs) and everybody hoped that he would never come there again. (laughs) (laughs) Such a harsh write-off. Amongst the most violent against him was Mrs. Bennett, whose dislike of his general behavior was sharpened into particular resentment by his having slighted one of her daughters. Huge, huge event. This might as well be an explosion. Yes. This is the explosion of the parlor room. For how world. intense this is, right? See, like, this, see, like now as an almost thirty-year-old man, I can appreciate this is giant. But when I was, you know, I was younger, I could not appreciate. Yeah, can you this. imagine if like someone like dissed your friend this much this the month. first time they made? Yeah, it would be like, oh, that was like, I'll think about that for weeks. What they said, of course. <laughs> yeah, so Elizabeth sitting there uh, in earshot of of Darcy and Bingley, right? Yeah. So, so he's talking to Bingley. Yeah. Darcy and Bingley are talking. And Bingley's like, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> Why aren't you hanging out? Look at all these ladies. And he goes, I hate it unless I am particularly acquainted with my partner. So he hates to dance, which every jerk hates to dance. Yes. And he goes, at such an assembly as this, it would be insupportable. Your sisters are engaged, and there is not another woman in the room who would not, it would not be a punishment to me to stand up with. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he insults everyone in the room, and then Bingley makes, you know, sort of says, like, well, there's some nice girls, and one of them is sitting not too far away, and she's on. Look at There's a woman who's not dancing with anyone. She's right. very pretty. <laughs> How about you insult her? <laughs> uh, do you let me ask, uh, what do you mean? And turning around, he looked for a moment at Elizabeth, till catching her eye, he withdrew his own and coldly said, she is tolerable, but not handsome enough to tempt me. Oh, man. <laughs> And I am in no humor at present to give consequence to young ladies who are slighted by other men. You had better return to your partner and enjoy your smiles, for you are wasting your time with me. <laughs> so his buddy comes over, and he's like, dude, there's so many chicks here. What are you doing? Yeah. You're being Miz. And then he's like, dance with her. And he's like, no one's dancing with her for a reason. She's not hot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And um, says this out loud in earshot of that woman. Yeah. Oh my God! And he go, and then he says, "Yeah, go back and go do your." He's he kind of insults Mr. Bingley's charm. Go dance with one of these silly you're gonna women. Go, yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna love it. Go dance with them. And in the meantime, Darcy does. He does. He does say Jane is pretty, which probably makes it even worse. Yeah. Right before that, it's like you're dancing with the only girl who's pretty, the only pretty girl in the room. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you got the only pretty one. So that's why you're having such a good time. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta hang out with this dog over here. So imagine, yeah, imagine hearing not only that you're not worth dancing with but that your sister is the only one who is worth dancing with what kind of hell that is for anybody any person yes that would be the coolest thing i could yeah. possibly imagine saying out loud yeah <laughs> i wouldn't say that at a bar with like hey yeah. look at her i wouldn't be like that is the grossest <laughs> of course not yeah I don't know. No, for darcy I'll, it's just another comment just another thing darcy says he says darcy stuff hashtag darcy, darcy stuff oh my gosh let's see and then everyone else the rest of the evening was nice. Uh, the daughters come back. 
to tell he so the dad's waiting up for this dance he's like i hope it's it's terrible because i don't want to hear about it yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's reading a book waiting for everyone to get home from the dance he's like i hope that my wife was mad about it so she doesn't bother me about it anymore (laughs) but instead mr bingley kiss a's all around he yeah is well regarded Jane's very happy because of all the attention that she got from Mr. Bingley. So yeah, Jane. So Mr. Bingley dances with Jane twice. Yeah. And in this world, that is almost a marriage proposal. They might as well be making love on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you ask a woman to dance twice? <laughs> it might as well be a marriage proposal. That's more accurate. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he must really like her. They dance twice they together. Dance twice. You got to dance with everyone in the room once. And then you pick someone twice? Dear Lord. My God. But it seems like the big thing is who you dance with first and who you dance with the most. Yes. And those are both those are both very important in yes. this ballroom drama. Ballroom Comedy. drama. And this is the drama. So first of all, he asked Miss Lucas. I was so vexed to see him stand up with her. <laughs> but however, he did not admire her at all. Indeed, nobody can. <laughs> nobody can admire her. You know, and he seemed quite struck with Jane as she was going down the dance. So he inquired who she was and got introduced and asked her for the two next. So he danced two songs in a row. Two in a row. Dang. Then the two third he danced with Miss King and the two fourth with Mary Lu- Maria Lucas and the two fifth with Jane again. Wow. That's a lot of songs. And the two sixth with Lizzie and the Bullinger. So he gave, he gave a dance to Lizzie just because he probably felt bad for I her. bet, yeah. And then Mr. Bennett replies, if he had any compassion for me, he would have not have danced half so much. For God's sake, say no more of his partners. Oh, that he had sprained his ankle on the first dance. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear about this dancing man. You can't <laughs> handle it. You can't handle it. Yeah. And he's very poetically explaining, yeah, I wish he had broken his ankle <laughs> so that he didn't dance at all and I would have to hear this stuff. <laughs> so he's so not. You see like smoking a cigar. Like yeah, yeah, he's cracking wine. Drinking wise. a whiskey. He was yeah. just reading a book, drinking a whiskey, yeah. and then his daughters come in. and Reading a book, by the way, is like the same as like watching watching the game. Yeah, you know he was mean? watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> drinking beer. You know. And then his wife comes home and is like, we had the best time. And he's like, all right, fine. Tell me about it. I wish it was less good. So he's a handsome. Uh, yep. Yeah. Isn't it weird that the dad doesn't go? It's like. Why? Why does my the mom age people go to the dance, but not the dad aged guy go to the dance? I don't know. I didn't know if. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just not their concern. I feel like maybe yeah. this is like the normal, like husband of like yeah, like my wife handles social matters. And that I, sounds right. I mean, yeah, because what he's gonna dance with his wife? I guess he doesn't seem like he wants to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet. Like it seems like it's more for the young people to meet each other, yes. and they're the mom chaperone. Sort of yeah, because I was saying, yeah, I bet they wouldn't let them do it alone. Yeah. Uh, and there's this famous line that I I feel like uh, I've heard before. This uh, description of Darcy, uh, for he is a most disagreeable, horrid man, not at all worth pleasing. So high and so conceited that there was no enduring him. He walked here and he walked there, fancying himself so very great. Not handsome enough to dance with. I wish you had been there, my dear, to have given him one of your set downs. I quite detest the man. (laughs) (laughs) So he's famous for roasting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Setting him down. Yeah. If you were there, you would have set this guy down. You would have just... You just freaking tore him to pieces. Maybe man. he will. Maybe maybe in time we will see Mr. Bennett give Mr. Darcy a talking to. That'd be nice. That would be cool to see. I just tried by Mr. Bennett. I want to hang out with Mr. Bennett. Yo, that would, well, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> man, just imagine hanging out with Mr. Bennett. All the funny stuff he would oh say. Oh, my God. He'd be cutting us down. 
<laughs> like nice sweater, Kev. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely destroys me. <laughs> just tears me to pieces. Your new mustache is certainly something. something. <laughs> <laughs> For the readers, I have a mustache now. New mustache. You can probably hear it on the mic. Yeah. So yeah. it, the rest of this episode is just recapping the dance, right? Basically, the dance so happened. Cha- yeah, so chapter four, um, we get Elizabeth and Jane. So we get some of Lizzie's first real dialogue. We get like the kid, yeah. Oh, yeah, we get the, yeah, this is good. We get Lizzie's characterization and Jane's kind of characterization. So we get a little bit of Jane. So Jane, obviously, is the oldest, prettiest. Yeah. Um, and it seems like her mother. That's most canon. That's canon. Oh, yes. Maybe we would prefer we prefer Lizzie. Who knows? I, I can't see him. This is, this is the, the author says, says that Jane's prettier. Okay. And uh, so, from what I understand, if if I assume that Elizabeth is sarcastic, so they're talking about Mr. Mingley, and Jane is finally allowed to sit because she has to play coy that she was danced with twice, mm-hmm. like it didn't wasn't as straight up. Be humble, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she says, and so she says, he is just what a young man ought to be: sensible, good humored, lively. And I never saw such happy manner, so much ease, with such perfect good breeding. And then. Elizabeth says he is also handsome, which a young man ought likewise to be if he possibly can. His character is therefore complete. <laughs> <laughs> so right, so like right, th- right there, Lizzie is like kind of roasting the idea that someone yeah. has to be handsome. All right, he's nice and he's handsome. So there you go. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, and she said, "I was very much flattered by his asking me to dance the second time. I did not expect such a compliment." And and Elizabeth's like, "Really? You didn't expect you didn't? to be danced with twice? <laughs> the prettiest woman in town." <laughs> Kaufman's always take you by surprise and me never. So like she sees him coming. Yes. Uh, he cannot help seeing that you were about five times as pretty as every other woman in the room. No thanks to his gallantry for that. So it's like he's not being nice. You're the, the, the hottest girl in the room. Right. So. Right. Uh, and then she says, well, he certainly is very agreeable and I give you leave to like him. You have liked many a stupider person. <laughs> <laughs> so already she's like, you usually date dumbasses. <laughs> You never see a fault in anybody. All the world are good and agreeable in your eyes. I've never heard you speak ill of a human being in my life. I would wish not to be hasty in censoring anyone, but I always speak what I think. She's like, well, I just try. I'm honest. <laughs> and, this, and then Lizzie gets her again. I know you do. And it is that which makes the wonder, with your good sense, to be so honestly blind to the follies and nonsense of others. Affectation of candor is common enough. One meets it everywhere. But to be candid without ostentation or design, to take the good of everybody's character and make it still better and say nothing of the bad, belongs to you alone. And so, you like this man's sisters too, do you? Their manners are not equal to his. So, we got to break this down. So, uh, we get two things here. One uh, is that Jane never says anything mean about anyone. So, we can imagine Jane is like, she's the saint. She's right. very pretty and she's very nice. Right. But well, yeah. But Lizzie's contention is that uh, she doesn't even think bad things about yes. them. Like that's what's so crazy. Like, so, yeah. Everyone says like, honestly, I like that person. That's like kind of like that's everyone says like, no, I'm being totally honest. I like you. But and, Jane and, is like, you are being honest. You yes. do like them. You do mean it. Like yeah. m- most people like learn the general manners of like, just don't say anything bad. It's not that hard to not say anything bad. Right. But she genuinely is like, I like this person and these are the good things about them. Right. Jane literally can't think of anything bad to say. Yeah. And that will make her a remarkable woman. But two, this also reveals that uh, Lizzie has great insight into character. Yes. That she is able to be like, this is, the, you are different in this way. It's not that you're the prettiest. It's that you are in your soul very deep to believe the good in everyone. 
So that seems to be Lizzie's great talent that makes her better than the book reader and uh, all that, why the dad likes her so much is that she's clearly a malcontent. Everyone's stupid <laughs> and everyone has foibles yeah. and she can't stand them. Yeah. But she also is, because of her ability to parse through what's wrong with everyone, she does have a great attention to character. Yeah, I'm getting Daria vibes, you know, like she's like kind of like yeah. skewering the popular girls and like kind of like like with the exact thing of like, no, I know what's happening. I yes. know she, she knows more than everybody else in the room. She's the first of the, uh, I'm not like other girls, girl. That's, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Um, yes. So, uh, so then we get insight into the sisters. Cause, uh, the, the Jane who says like, of uh, like, he's like, Lizzie's like the sisters aren't as good as him. And she goes, well, certainly not. At first, so it's like she almost says a bad thing. Right. But they're very pleasing women when you converse with them. Miss Bingley is to live with her brother and keep his house, and I am much mistaken if we shall not find a very charming neighbor in her. She's, so she's going to be around. This is, this is an engaged sister. She's yeah, engaged, right? Uh, I don't know. Or I, thought, I don't think so, because I, I don't think she would keep house if she was engaged. She would live with her. The Mrs. Hurst is a married sister. Yeah. But if you're engaged, you wouldn't live with the person. She's so she's living with yeah so she's not engaged to be married. I guess I guess that's a good point. If no, Darcy said that both the sisters are engaged. I think, um, but I don't. And that's going to be a big part of this book. It's like remembering the little details of who's engaged. Yeah, right. To who it's and so who's important. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out. We'll see. And this is where like Elizabeth really shines. Is like this is her breakdown of the sister of like just like the specificity the specificity of it. So Elizabeth listened in silence but was not convinced. Their behavior at the assembly had not been calculated to please in general. So she thinks things like this. Like she, they're not trying to make us like them. Like Yeah, they don't care. And with more quickness of observation and less pliancy of temper than her sister, and with a judgment too unassailed by any attention to herself, she was very little disposed to approve them. They were, in fact, very fine ladies, not deficient in good humor when they were pleased, nor in the power of being agreeable where they chose it, but proud and conceited. They were rather handsome, had been educated in one of the first private seminaries in town, had a fortune of 20,000 pounds, were in the habit of spending more than they ought, and of associating with people of rank, and were therefore in every respect entitled to think well of themselves and meanly of others. They were of a respectable family in in the north of England, a circumstance more deeply impressed on their memories than that their brother's fortune and their own had been acquired by trade. So the the idea being that they, yeah, Elizabeth sees right through them. She knows exactly yes. what they are. They are they are rich in this way. Um, they're from they're a rich family from the north of England. Yeah, they ignore the fact that they got it by trade, and that seems to be a very important distinction. Not by inheritance. Yes, that, <laughs> that their dad was a businessman. Yeah, a successful businessman. Yeah, and that's worse than being a, a court royal or anything. Like yeah, that. right. Good God. Um, and then she kind of breaks down everybody, and. Or, and that's where the kind of thing it kind of moves into the narrator in general and that's what kind of is the interesting part is that, is that it'll move from Elizabeth's insight to the narrator's omnipresent insight to sort of imply that like both that Elizabeth is very insightful but that the narrator is on Elizabeth's side yeah so right so it kind of does smoothly transition to the, yeah Mr. Bingley inherited property the amount of nearly 100,000 pounds from his father this is just like general information. So, yeah, yeah. They, uh, like Mr. Bingley is supposed to buy a property. He is kind of just renting this thing right now, and he might very well just settle there and and, and ask the next next generation to buy to buy the property. Yes. How crazy! It's like 
but everyone is placed in such a there's such a small role in a family line. Yes, you know, like it's so much less. Like we have this American individualism that's been in our in our in our brains, but England has always been about family legacy, right, and everything like that. Where You're it's like, a blip it, in your family line. You're just one link in the chain. Well, that's what's interesting about like Gatsby was like there is a little bit of that in America, and what happens when people who don't have any family clash with them? Yeah, and they want to, but then and they want to be involved in this sort of like the aristocracy, parlor romance, yeah, world, and the uh, yeah the inherited wealth. So it we gets, get a breakdown. Yeah, the, and then the it gets into the sisters um, being worried for him, and then it gets in the the Dar- Darcy Bingley sort of breakdown. Yes, uh, Bingley was endeared to Darcy by the easiness, openness, docility of his temper, uh, or ductility of his temper. Though no disposition could offer a greater contrast to his own, and though with his own he never appeared dissatisfied. On the strength of Darcy's regard, Bingley had the firmest reliance, and of his judgment, the highest opinion. And understanding Darcy was his superior. So it's like Darcy's a very smart guy. He's always honest with Bingley, and that's been very helpful to Bingley. So right. So yeah, we have the answer to the question of like, why does Bingley uh, take put up with this, this stuff? Yeah, from from Darcy, who's not great. Um, it's the honesty. Um, Bingley was sure of being liked wherever he appeared. Darcy was continually giving offense. Yes, right there is a breakdown, as if you didn't get it already. So, yeah, Darcy's a super honest guy who will who will tell that even to uh, Bingley, but Bingley understands that Darcy has a great deal of respect for him. Yeah, and so in, in, in the, and the narrator goes on to sort of describe what they both thought of the ball, right? And, like, it's and again, we're, we're reading minds that are across town. Yes. It seems like the... I mean, there's no point of view character, but it seems like... It's almost written like a like a, like a TV show where it's like, here's the, this conversation you're having in this part of the house. Yeah. And, like, this storyline. But the difference is the Darcy-Bingley conversation is not quoted. It's not, it's not dialogue. It's just, like, information. Yes. Whereas the Bennett conversation, the family conversation, that's all dialogue. And we're like, we're there in the room, whereas it's almost like a rumor or something from the... It's very interesting. I'm curious to see how this plays out. I didn't really think about this. I'm also interested in the track. So this is how my my book says on the front page, um, first impressions aren't always the best. And I thought about how Mr. Darcy is seen as as not great. Yeah, seems like maybe... Maybe he'll become better. But also, Mr. Bingley starts out so great. I wonder if he gets worse. Yes. Yes, one of them is pride and one of them is prejudice. I think is the idea, or something. I have, I, these are like, we have all these like vague notions because we've heard so much about this book over. Years. One of them's Raphael. One of them's Donatello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both love pizza, but they both want to fight crime. Yes, um, or whatever. I'm God. There's some mean stuff about uh, the women. So we get it's it's such a it's a classic comedy structure of like here's all the nice things and then here's all the mean yeah. things. <laughs> Wait, what are the mean things? So the mean things are Darcy, on the contrary, had seen a collection of oh, people yeah. in whom there was little beauty and no fashion, for none of whom he had felt the smallest interest and from none received either attention or pleasure. Miss Bennett he acknowledged to be pretty, but she smiled too much. <laughs> yeah, what what a flaw. Too much smiling from Jane. But the good news is that uh, Bingley's sisters said, we like Jane, go ahead and, and marry her if you want. Wow. So it's on. It's on. It's on, baby. And then there, here we are, chapter five. Chapter five, which is kind of like a, uh, it's another recap of the ball, but this time from the older generation, I guess you could say. 
Uh, no, I think this is from the the girls. So this is like the girls. Oh yeah, in general. I guess. But, but I mean, I mean, the moms are there. Moms are there. Yeah. Uh, so it's mothers and daughters. It's like two families of mothers and daughters. Yes. Yes. Uh, and there's a subtle rivalry for the attention of Mr. Bingley. Um, and it's a very funny, passive-aggressive battle that goes on. Between very polite. Very polite. Yes. But there's clearly, they're trying to one-up each other. Right. And it's very funny. Uh, so they go visit the Lucases. Uh, the Lucases also have daughters. And we get the idea, we get the, sort of the story of the Lucas family. Right. Yes. Um, so Sir William Lucas had been formally in trade, and then he gets knighted by the king, which is a big deal. Yeah. And having been knighted, he decides, "What am I? What am I doing business for? I'm a I'm a damn knight. <laughs> I'm a knight, dude. I gotta I gotta go live in a sort of a, a manor. L- l- yeah. Uh, they they name it Lucas. Lucas man. Lucas Lodge. Lucas Lodge. Um, Lucas Lodge. Uh, <laughs> They name it Lucas Lodge, and they have you know like they they live this sort of knightly life. Yes. So he tries to be now he sees himself as a royal essentially, uh, and he. So that's essentially it. He made a lot of money from trade, and then because of that, he got acquainted with a king. King made him a knight, and now he sees himself as he doesn't want to be in business anymore. Right. So he doesn't have any of that. Any he's sort of trying to wash off that trade shame. That yes. was mentioned in the last chapter. That that like oh you there's it's not it should be a little bit shameful that you got all that money from trade. Yes, uh, he's trying in one generation to jump classes. Yeah, and he seems that he's been relatively successful. Yeah, right. Um, so and that's then, the setting. And, then, and and then his wife is friends with Mrs. Bennett, and they're right. They're there. They're chatting. Yes, and she, Mrs. Bennett, is. So excited about the dance that she tries to get a passive aggressive compliment. <laughs> so she goes, "You began the evening well, Charlotte." Uh, the woman, the this is the daughter that she already said like no one likes this daughter. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's 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 all in bad faith. None of this is like nice. Yeah. You were Mister Bingley's first choice, and then Charlotte says yes, but he seemed to like his second better. And then Mrs. Bennett goes, "Oh, you mean Jane? I, I suppose." <laughs> Because he danced with her twice, to be sure that did seem as if he admired her. Indeed, I rather believe he did. I heard something about it, but I hardly know what. Something about Mr. Robinson? And she goes, perhaps you mean what I overheard between him and Mrs. Robinson? Did I not mention to you? He's like, oh, you mean the thing I said yesterday? You're going to make me tell it again? Okay, here we go. Mr. Robinson asked him how he liked our Maryton assemblies and whether he did not think there were a great many pretty women in the room and which he thought the prettiest. And his answering immediately to the last question, oh, the eldest Miss Bennett, beyond a doubt, there cannot be two opinions on that point. <laughs> Upon my word, <laughs> I am so surprised <laughs> at my favorite thing being repeated back to me that I already knew. Well, that was very decided indeed. That does seem as if, but however, it may all come to nothing, you know. Like, whatever, that might not be. Who knows? <laughs> What's the big deal? And then the revenge comes for making her say that, where they go, uh, my overhearings were more to the purpose than yours. Mr. Darcy's not so well worth listening to as a friend, is he? Poor Eliza to be only just tolerable. Right. So this is not... Yeah, at first I thought maybe this was just a conversation, but this is like... This is Charlotte's revenge. Yeah, this is a cutting... Like, right. remember how that guy called your daughter ugly? It's It was so unfortunate. It's just so bad what he did, but she's bringing it up. Yes, yeah. she wants to talk about it. Right. And she, and the, Mrs. Bennett is now on her back foot. I beg you would not put into Lizzie's head to be vexed by his ill treatment, for he is such a disagreeable man that it would be quite a misfortune to be liked by him. Huh. So actually, 
it's good that she was insulted. It's great. It's actually actually the best. It's great. And then she says, Mrs. Long told me last night that he sat close to her for half an hour without once opening his lips. And then she says, are you quite sure? Is there not a little mistake? I certain. Oh, no, Jane says this. So her own daughter like throws her under the bus. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. I certainly saw Mr. Darcy speaking to her. So like uh, like her own like sweet daughter. Like, no, Darcy was talking to me. Like <laughs> He's talking to her. And it's like, well, yeah, she, she's asked him like how he liked it. And he said that he. <laughs> but, but he seemed yeah. very angry at being he spoken spoke to. to. <laughs> and then Jane said, Miss Bingley told me that he never speaks much unless among his intimate acquaintance. With them, he is remarkably agreeable. So Darcy is like the brooding like guy. Like, you don't know him like I do, guy. Or like yeah. you, have to, you have to get to know him. Yeah, he he is an acquired taste. He comes off as a jerk at first. We have to get to know him. Those are always the best the best guys, right? Yes, <laughs> that's who you want to be. A hard to get along with guy. Yeah. I uh, do not believe a word of it, my dear. If he had been so very agreeable, he would have talked to Mrs. Long. But I can guess how it was. Everybody says that he's ate up with pride. And I dare say he had heard somehow that Mrs. Long does not keep a carriage and come to the ball in a hack chase. So he's like, here, found out that she's not as rich as him and is mad. That, right, right. But it's like basically having a bad car, right? Yeah. It's like having like a like a used car. Yeah. yeah. A hack chase. What's it? Just like less horses, probably? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's worse. We all know it's worse. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have a hack chase. Yeah. Hack. And then they're like, let's not talk about, it's like another, I, I do not mind he's not talking to Mrs. Long, but I wish he had danced with Eliza. So back to like, he didn't dance with Eliza. Yeah, I wish. Another time, Lizzie, I would not dance with him if I were you. I believe, ma'am, I may safely promise you never to dance with him. Uh, And then his pride. And so Miss Luca goes, actually, I understand him. <laughs> Yes. His pride does not offend me so much as pride often does because there is an excuse for it. One cannot wonder that so very fine a young man with family fortune, everything in his favor, should think highly of himself. If I may so express it, he has a right to be proud. So this is going to be very important. We're talking about pride here. Pride is in the title. Yes. Uh, so Darcy is very proud and he has a reason to be because he's very rich, blah, blah, blah. So Mrs. Lucas, who, of course, has her own biases towards uh, wealth, of course, you know, what I mean? yes. like, and and, and also wants to get a, a hand up on Miss uh, Bennett. Right, right, right. This, this, this is just as like a like a passive aggressive sparring match. Yes. Yeah. You said back foot earlier. It's perfect. Yeah. It's like it's like just how polite can I be while I'm punching you in the face? Yes. Mister Darcy is actually kind of cool because he should be proud. Actually, he should tr- he should take himself very wow. seriously. So, like, his opinion should matter. Uh. So. Pride, observed Mary, the book reader, who had piqued herself upon the solidity of her reflections, is a very common failing, I believe. By all that I have ever read, I am convinced that it is very common indeed, that human nature is particularly prone to it. She, uh, yeah, let's see. And then there are very few of us who do not cherish a feeling of self-complacency on the score of some quality or other, real or imaginary. Right, and then it's compared to vanity. The comparing to vanity is more uh, your uh, like a concern with the opinion of others, and, and this pride is in the opinion the, of others. This, yeah. yeah, this is the big Etsy quote. Pride relates more to our opinion of ourselves, vanity to what we would have others think of us. Yes. I've seen that on pillows and stuff. Like that. <laughs> there you go. Vanity to what we have others think of us. So let's keep that in mind, since it's so it's a takeaway of this book. Yes, and I think it's kind of funny because I think, uh, I think. Jane Austen is, I don't know, but it sounds like she's dividing herself into various women. Because there's five daughters. Yeah. Uh, and the two that we get, the, the three main ones so far, the book reader, Mary, which I think is Jane Austen's probably the huge book reader. Sure. 
Uh, and then Mary's we got, not spoken until right now. This is yes. Mary. Yeah. And we have the malcontent Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who's yeah, a little bit. Of, yeah, she's uh, yeah, Daria sort of. And and then the the pretty woman who just wants pretty to be woman. married. And one is tall, and one coughs. <laughs> so, the five sides of Jane Austen. <laughs> A coughing book reading malcontent <laughs> who is tall and pretty. <laughs> a BuzzFeed quiz was like, which which sister are you? And it's like every, the fifth one's always like, do you cough? <laughs> do you smoke your throat? How much do you cough? Do you do you smoke cigarettes? Yeah, <laughs> kitty, kitty. So then the chapter ends with this little young Lucas, and this is really chiming funny. up. So this yeah. like twelve year old brother comes in. Yeah, and he goes, a little so boy. If I were as rich as Mister Darcy, I should not care how proud I was. I would keep a pack of foxhounds and drink a bottle of wine every day. Uh, then you would drink a great deal more than you ought," said Mrs. Bennet. "And if I were y- if I were to see you at it, I should take away your bottle directly." The boy protested that she should not. She continued to declare that she would, and the argument ended only with the visit. I want my wine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me I, have my wine. <laughs> I'm gonna be a drunk all day. <laughs> and Mrs. Bennet's like, "No, you're not. I'm gonna take it away from you." I feel like it's better if he's like five or six. I yeah. feel like I feel like honestly, at twelve, they like he'd be he'd be like a man. You're like a young man at least or something. He's a young Lucas. He's referred to. I feel like he's like a child. Like, I want wine. <laughs> I'm going to be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be sipping all day. But it's almost like, why, why include this? You know, is it is it because it's like, well, Mr. Darcy is being childish. He's like fulfilling the childish uh, desire to have more and more and more and to be and to be proud. And who cares what other people think? I I think there's that. I, I think it may, I may practically be just like, a, how do I deflate this tension and end this chapter? Like, let's have a funny joke from right. a little boy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, I, it, it's very funny at the point where, like, oh, she knows what she's doing with comedy writing, which is, like, very cool to see from a 1797 book. I know. Right. It's a, uh, they, they have, a, like, a word for it in, like, 30 Rock, like, like a, like a not a blackout line, but, like, a, a uh, I forget. I think like it's a, a blackout line. A blackout line? That's, like, an improv, or it's, like, it's, like, yeah. but, Mom, those are my pants. It's like, okay, now we're done. We we did what we had to do, and we can move on. And sometimes they give the guy who's doing the lights, they give him the line ahead of time, and they work their way to get to the line. Man, I had to work. I was a light guy for an improv show every weekend for two years. Man, it was, uh, you got to watch pretty closely a lot of... <laughs> Like, is that the line? Is that no. The blackout line? No. Nope. nope. That's not it. Similar. <laughs> Just you can't black them out. Okay. So um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk predictions or what's 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 up next. I mean, we have. I obviously, I think Darcy and, and Lizzie are going to have something. Yes, they are. They are paired from the beginning. Yeah. They would not have this incident if they're not going to be marching towards each Jane other. Jane and Bingley obviously are going to have something. Yes. Um, I have a good feeling about Mister Bennett and Mrs. Bennett. Yes, I think we're going to get more of the killer Mr. Bennett, <laughs> the biggest pimp in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bennett, you are the pimp. You are one cold mother. <laughs> yes. Um I think I think there's going to be a reversal where Bingley's going to actually be a, a turd. Yeah, and Darcy's going to be like a cool but brooding yes jerk. He's going to be like, he's Connor Oberst and... <laughs> yes. Oh, God, yeah. And Bingley is Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, he's going to kiss his sons in the mouth. Yes, that's what he's going to do. That's what he's famous for. Uh, I think we're going to get some more coughing. I think that's going to be a big part yeah. of the book. and more being tall <laughs> and reading. Yes. There's I hope they get some more stuff. It'd be fun to have them fleshed out a little bit more. Yes. Um, Jane has got a little bit is an interesting character even though she's just she's not exactly just the 
um, sweet, pretty one. I mean, like, the, the way that Elizabeth, Elizabeth described her was kind of interesting, how she like, thinks well of everybody. Yes. She is like a genuinely, she's a deeper, kinder soul than most people. Yeah. Uh, I hope the mother is given a little bit more complexity other than a social maneuver uh, person. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, and I hope we get more funny lives. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it was funny. It's rich. It's uh, it's great. I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, the, the narration is something that we'll be tracking. It'll be fun. Um, yeah, it's it, that that sort of back and forth camera lens of who gets to know what the rumors are important of like what's said about who about what the reputation yeah reputation of everybody yeah and their vanity and what they think yes that seems to be the the kiss of death is to be called proud yes all right all right well we'll catch you for uh, the next chunk of chapters thanks for listening guys thank you so much girls and yeah thank you everybody bye-bye Show.